welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. This is Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. And today we are going to be talking about wise mind, which is also known as your intuition or your knowing. So this is really like a magical best friend who's always right there inside of you, right? It's like a powerful bam, right? And when we can tune into our wise mind or our intuition, life is often simplified mm. when we can kind of tap into it. It tends yeah. to allow for more peace and ease, more clarity, and it's just this internal guide that we have ready access to, right? And so this is kind of one of the most fundamental secrets or hacks that I tend to talk about with clients and find in my own life. And so it's something we wanted to share with you today. Yeah. Awesome. So maybe we should provide a little bit more formal explanation yeah. of what wise mind is yes. and the pieces that go into wise mind. For sure. So one of the, I guess, theoretical orientations or schools of therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, talks about wise mind being this way to sort of get what you want, get mm -hmm. what you need, meet your goals, but do it in a really effective and skillful way yeah. that goes along with whatever your values are. Mm. And in that theory, they talk about two pieces that are needed to get there, two okay. pieces of your mind. So the emotion mind and the reasonable mind. Can you share a little bit about the diagram they use? Because I think it's so helpful that like overlapping the yeah, diagram. So if you can think of like two circles okay. that overlap one another, on one side, there is emotion mind, which I can go ahead and give you all the definition for that right now. Do so it. emotion mind, when you're in that, you are ruled by your emotions, mm -hmm. your feelings, your urges, and kind of all of the reason is kind of like out the window. Your way through it. You're doing your decisions are based on the way that you feel. Yes. Okay. Yes. And not much else. Okay. Yes. Got it. Those. Been there, done yes. that. Yes. I know how that feels. Hot, <laughs> hot. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Uh -huh. And then the other side of the Venn diagram uh -huh. is what's called reasonable mind. So this is when you're ruled by, well, rules and pragmatics, but emotions and your values really don't enter the picture. So this would be like kind of like in your head thinking, cold, kind of? yes. calculating. Yes. Yeah. Cold and calculated. Okay. And so to get to wise mind, both have to be a part of your okay. decision making. So that's that intersection part of it. That intersection. Okay. So if you think of two overlapping circles, this is the overlapping Got part it. in the middle, the wise mind piece. Yes. So it's, so it's both. I mean, your emotion mind and mm -hmm. your reasonable mind. Like a synthesis. It's a synthesis. Into like more than them separately. Some combined. of the parts right. is more. Got uh -huh. it. Right. Yes, absolutely. So for you all, Lucy and Avery, what are some of your experiences with emotion mind being in that place where you're just well, I've ruled never been by your there, emotions? so I would have no, no idea. Never, never, <laughs> never. No, when I think about emotion mind being not in that intersection, but only in emotion mind, I really think about I forget who told me this once, but the difference between reaction and responding, mm -hmm. I think about being reactive. So I'm a person that, especially during times of stress, I get really angry. I oftentimes will react with that anger. And so that's a really good uh, sign that I might be in more emotion mind is if I'm doing things because of the way that I feel, maybe even feeling kind of overwhelmed by that emotion. And for me, usually it's anger with kind of like an undercurrent of fear. I mean, mm -hmm. that's kind of the one that really gets me into that emotion mind. 
Yeah. What about you, Lucy? You know, I I do tend to spend more time in the reasonable or rational mm. mind, but emotion mind. I think a hot button for that is is parenting. Oh, actually, yeah, so for kids sure. and when they're not doing what I want them to be doing, <laughs> when I want them to be doing it, mm-hmm. like like you anger, like mm-hmm. that anger and irritability can mm-hmm. kind of flare more quickly, which is often a, a big emotion mind sign for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What about for you, Jamie? So probably one of the most recent best examples of this for me was when I was being protective older sister um, mm. to my to my sister, who is about to graduate. Yay! Yay. Um, <laughs> hooray, Hillary! She's about to graduate from a local university in the dental hygiene program and has done a great job. But she was really, really overwhelmed with all of her work last semester and was completely stressed out. And not that I don't know how that feels. Oh God. Microphone. Ghost mind. Yes. Um, Yeah. You go throwing things into motion mind, flailing your microphone. That's right. God, that situation, my sister just really checks my mind. So, so yeah. So she was telling me about all these things and how she had to like recruit her own patients, like for the clinic, on top of all of her other homework and everything. And I was just like, "What? This is absolutely ridiculous." Mm -hmm. And then decided to write a really long and lengthy Mm -hmm. email to her program director. You did? I did. Uh I wrote this long and lengthy email and was sitting there and looking at it. And then my husband walked in the room and said, what you doing? Uh I said, check this out before I hit send. Mm -hmm. And he read it, looked at me and said, don't do that. And then I snapped a picture of it, sent it to my sister. And she said, oh, my God, please don't do that. Please don't do that. So it took a little bit like for me to calm down and get into that wise mind space. Otherwise, I would have just hit send. And then who knows what in the world would have happened. So the sending would have been the reactive. Oh, for sure. And instead, you slowed down and responded. I did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of got there eventually. But initially, and I have a tendency to do that when I'm angry. It's kind of like, let me, I'm going to craft this like yeah. long email first. And then sometimes I'm successful with not sending it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not so much. Oh, I've crafted yes. those emails. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think to, to mention too, so we're all talking about emotion mind with, with anger, but I think emotion mind can be any emotion. So For there's sure. some sure. people who default more to maybe like overwhelming sadness, yes. right? Or just overwhelm mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. and kind of the shutdown that happens. Mm-hmm. So it can be any emotion mm-hmm. that like pulls you anxiety, like maybe oh, really high sure. fear, anxiety uh-huh. and fear and kind of shutting down that would happen. Mm-hmm. Or even like so, embarrassment or yeah. shame can yes. be a, a big shutdown emotion. Yeah, absolutely. So any of those, just any of those. So that's one piece. So then the flip side of that is reasonable mind, Mm. right? So again, this is where you're really sort of governed by rules, pragmatics, Uh those sorts of things. You get shit done. You get shit done. Uh Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. So how about for you all? When are you in that space? I'm in that space when I am busy and time feels very scarce, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk more about the scarcity in future podcasts. But when I'm busy and have a lot to get done, sometimes it works for me to be kind of in that like productive, get, you know, first, second, third, kind of get through my to-do list. But a lot of times that also comes with some like rigidity of like, nope, you're, you are either with the program or you're getting in my way. So you better, or right. my husband might say, well, you can do it my way or the wrong way. I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> you're doing it Avery's way or the wrong way. So I, I can sometimes get into that, especially when I'm busy, stressed, have a lot going on, have a lot that needs to be accomplished. It works. I can make that work for me, but it's probably not where I make the best decisions all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a reasonable mind, I think 
there's that very pragmatic sense to it, right? Yeah. So it's the part that like gets us to work on time mm-hmm. and like pays the bills and like gets the things done mm-hmm. that need to get done. Right? So it's an important spot. piece mm-hmm. of this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then I think that danger of there's a disconnection mm-hmm. from that like emotional side of things if we're only in reasonable mind. Right. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And I can for sure relate <laughs> to that with having a timetable and, mm-hmm. and needing to get things done. But I know I'm in that when I've disconnected from other values that are really important to me. Right. So if I don't ever look up from my laptop when my children enter the room, you know, that's <laughs> that's me more being in that productive, yeah. like, let's get it done, reasonable mind kind of place. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I love this thread of values because it's it's not so much what you're doing. I think we've said this in other in other conversations. It's how you're showing up. It's is is this in line with my values? These decisions. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. So how would you all describe wise mind in your lives right now? So I always like to think of wise mind as being like the calm underneath, mm. the, the almost like if you took a pebble and toss it into a body of water and it has all the ripples, right? Where wise mind is like this calm and stillness that is underneath, right? So there's once again, this clarity and this knowing that comes from that place. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I'm in wise mind, I feel like I've kind of dropped down mm. into my body. I think when I'm in rational, reasonable mind, I can even feel it kind of like I'm talking from the front of my throat. I'm like making decisions very much in my head. And when I'm in more of the emotional mind, I can feel, I physically will feel hot or feel Mm -hmm. physically feel intensified like that. And there's this stillness, like you're kind of saying with the wise mind of just like, I'm in my body. I'm taking each moment as it comes. I'm like as cliche as it is, but it's, it's cliche for a reason. I'm living in the moment. I'm just like, I'm going to deal with this right now. And then that right now. And then later I'm going to deal with that right now. Like it feels more taking things slow and steady. For some reason, when I, when I think of wise mind, I think of it most, and actually when it comes to making decisions, right? Yes. I have a horrendous time making decisions. Hmm. And I think where I find this most useful and can tap into it, like if I'm going round and round, mm. like how do I tune in? And like, what does my wise mind say mm-hmm. about that? Right. And how do I decide from that place where I, you just know? And you can't see, but Lucy has got her hands on like her heart and her belly. And is just like even tuning into it, I think right now of just like knowing. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like for both of you, and I absolutely agree, there are a couple of main sort of principles for kind of getting into mm-hmm. wise mind then, right? So there needing to be sort of this pause, the stillness mm. for me, it's it's kind of like the the break in between the urge that I have to do something and then engaging <laughs> in the actual behavior. <laughs> yes, so yes. taking that pause, uh-huh. like, what do you think, Robert, before I send this email, okay, mm-hmm. before I actually did it? So again, like Avery, you were saying, you know, responding versus reacting, taking a little bit of time, sleeping on it uh, yeah. if you need to. And then the other piece is really tuning into what's going on in your body. Yeah. I think over time, you can kind of even notice those little like red flags. My dad has always told me, Avery, if you're feeling urgency, that's probably a good indicator you should maybe run in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. run towards this thing. And I, I've noticed that over time. It's like, really feeling, hard to do. It's so hard. You're feeling that urgency. Oh, it's so hard. Uh-huh. But that's a good red flag for me of like, when I feel this urgency, like I have to do this right now, that is the time that I have to take a step back. Like that's, that is where the space needs to be created. Kind of noticing that about ourselves of, of what does it feel like? And, and how do I sleep on it? How do I ask for somebody else's opinion? Slow it down. So what about things that get in the way of wise mind? What are some barriers <laughs> to getting into that space? 
So I think for me, one of the biggest barriers is is kind of disconnecting from myself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And that can happen with being busy, like busy, 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 and go, 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 and overvaluing productivity can be a big way to disconnect and kind of tune yeah. out that emotion side of things. Mm-hmm. Well, then I think about any numbing kind of behavior. So that's, for me, it can be drinking alcohol. It can be even eating, numbing out by like even watching TV. But those things that pull me out of the experience, it not only makes me not pay attention to the wise mind, but I think it also almost gives me this belief that somehow I can't fully absorb the experience. And I'm I'm almost kind of go from like numbing to like active denial sometimes when I do that. But any kind of numbing behavior, it it really separates me from wise mind. Yeah, I think for me, not paying attention to a lot of basic needs. Mm. So pushing myself too much by not getting enough rest or working a lot when I'm ill and, and sick or not allowing myself a bathroom break in between clients or Mm -hmm. getting hangry, like Uh all of those things. The uh, basic needs. Yeah, right there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All of those definitely can get in the way where I'm not not thinking as, as clearly and as intuitively as I would like to. This other dynamic that comes up a lot too is this fear of really listening to and trusting mm-hmm. ourselves, right? So do I really know what's best for me? Like doesn't right. the the diet plan or my mom or the friend <laughs> or the teacher, like don't they know what's best for me, right? right? Don't they have a better idea of how These things experts. should be done, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Or like wanting to please others sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So it can be hard to tune in and listen. It can feel really vulnerable for people. It Absolutely. Can. Lots of shoulds out ourselves. there, lots mm-hmm. of expectations, all of those things can get in the way. Mm-hmm. I love this idea of kind of paying attention, dropping back in, because it kind of makes it more between you and your body, you and yourself, and can kind of help to quiet all those other influences a bit and and kind of that stillness. I think we've talked about that quietness, that kind of taking a breath, taking a a pause really helps to kind of put that boundary up maybe between what's going on internally and what's going on externally. I love Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a fabulous book, but she talks a lot about this principle. She calls Mm -hmm. it your knowing, right? And she, one of her chapters, I think is even called Be Still and Know, right? Mm -hmm. So she talks about this practice where she would go to her closet, you know, first thing every morning or sit there for a certain number of minutes. And, you know, the first several times she would make her grocery list and her mind would wander. (laughs) But as she practiced more, she became more tuned into this knowing and this intuition, right? And kind of how powerful that was for her, but that she had to kind of be still and listen first. So how is it now, like say maybe as compared to when you were younger, do you feel like it's easier to get into that space of wise mind or what are your thoughts on it now? I wonder if maybe it's like an arc. I wonder if maybe when we're younger, maybe that's a little bit easier to just gonna say that Uh and then maybe like in my 20s and 30s it got harder and now in my 40s I'm coming back to it I don't know like Mm -hmm. I think that when we're kids like we know that we need to go to the bathroom and so we go to the bathroom or like we have a little bit less of the outside chatter maybe but I think that chatter for me at least got really loud in my like adolescence, early adulthood of all the shoulds and nots. I should go to grad school. I should make these grades. I should get married. I should. I mean, there was so much of that. But I think really, I mean, I will say once I hit 40, I was like, ah, well, you know, I may have something to say here and maybe I can just pay attention and maybe Avery can help guide some of this stuff. So I feel like there's maybe been like a little bit of a journey away and then maybe back to it. You know, and I had never really thought about that until we were sitting right here. But then mm-hmm. I feel like when I was younger, it was much easier to access that mm-hmm. sort of truth and wisdom, right? And then something happened mm-hmm. when I got older where I, I stopped 
listening and tuning in, I think. And then I think it's been a practice to how do I do that more regularly, right? Just to listen. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, I've become a little bit more curious to all of the phenomenon that goes in. Mm-hmm. Like I need to show up and listen to everything. So I need mm-hmm. to listen to my emotions. I need to listen to what I'm thinking. I need to listen to what my body is doing and not get so stuck on maybe old stories or, or things that can, can take us out of that space. And almost, I love that, like synthesizing all of it, that there's wisdom in all of that. And how do you let it all bear witness I think that there's been some time in my life where I've either tried to like wrench control away from the emotional mind or wrench control away from the reasonable mind. And I think kind of having this, this idea of sitting in the wise mind and that, that kind of just that acceptance or that awareness, that part I think would say is kind of new for me. You know, as we're talking and especially about this idea that it was different when we were younger than when Mm. we're older, it makes me think a little bit of our parenting, right? And I think we can think about this in a few ways. One, in terms of how do we bring our wise mind to bear for ourselves as we parent, Mm. but almost how do we teach our kids about this? And it's interesting because I think sometimes we teach our kids to be polite and sometimes being polite and nice entails like ignoring our wise mind. Yes. Like we were with some friends last summer and at their house and my daughter was like, I'm hungry. And it was like four o'clock. I'm like, shh don't say that. That's rude. And later on, I was like, why is that rude to say she's hungry? (laughs) Right. But it's like, I don't want to be an imposition, but Mm -hmm. all that mess Mm -hmm. gets in the way. So I don't know, like what have y'all thought about in terms of parenting with regards to wise mind? I think this is something I've done more professionally with patients versus, and I'm now realizing I should definitely be taking this home with me, but even recently, just with people that are trying to make a decision, I'll have them close their eyes and like put their hand on their heart or hand on their belly, which is a little, a little interesting on zoom. Cause I'm like, I'll close my eyes too. Cause otherwise I'm like staring at the screen, but just to say like this, what do you feel like is the right thing to do? If you just really quiet and just listen to yourself, or sometimes we'll even try it on, like if we're trying to to make a decision, let's try it on this way that we've decided to go this direction. Let's try it on that way. What does it feel like? What's, what is the emotion that, that you're aware of? What is the thought that you're aware of? What does it even feel like in your body? It's amazing how powerful that has been. Usually they'll open their eyes and say, well, it feels like this. And we're like, wow. I mean, yeah, that's something always available. I've seen it more at work. And as I'm saying that, I'm like, I have a daughter at home that could probably really benefit within the decision-making process. But what else have you guys found is helpful? But I love that idea too, in terms of our kids, like how do we start integrating even just this language? Yeah. Like what does your wise mind say? What does your intuition say? How do you stop and tune in? But having that be something that they can access and are thinking about and and connecting with themselves in that way. And I think a big piece of it for me, like whether it's with clients or with my kids or even for myself is um, validation, I think is a a big thing that goes hand in hand with wise mind and letting your kids know, us letting our clients know that their experiences are valid Mm. rather than kind of like what you were saying, you know, in the moment telling someone that, no, that's not what you're experiencing, Mm -hmm. you know, which as a parent, that can be really, really tricky sometimes. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is another podcast that we can do in the future, just talking about validation and how important that is. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree. And I also imagine that the more I can tap into my wise mind, like as a parent, I think I'd probably be a better parent, but I think it can be really hard to do. I mean, once again, emotion mind is where I tend to go or, and then I get like caught on the rules, right? It should be this way. (laughs) And you know, like the expectations and beliefs, which all take me out of wise mind. 
talk about like chatter and loudness. I mean, kids can be chattery and loud. I mean, you can, it's easy to get pulled out of that, Mm -hmm. but what a wonderful thing to model too, just to kind of even to be able to talk about it, as you said, using that language, but even being able to model and kind of trying to tune in. I don't know what the right thing to do. I've got to check in. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I'm running to my closet. I'm going to close my eyes. Uh I love that. So how can our listeners do this at home? So if we were to give them some, let's try this at home. Mm-hmm. Do try this at home. Yes. Uh-huh. So what are some things that they could do that you all have, have utilized? The biggest thing for me is to close my eyes, put my hands on my body and take a deep breath. If I can only do one of those things, take a deep breath. Just the stillness, the quietness that comes from that really can help. And then maybe following that up with asking the question, what is it that you need? Or is there something you want? What are you going to say? Yeah, no, I think absolutely. I would say for me, if I could give advice to anyone, it would be stop multitasking. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. If your mind and your behaviors are doing, you know, 50 things at once, it's going to be really hard mm-hmm. to get into a, a wise mind sort of space to be able to listen to everything that's going on with you. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're a big multitasker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. almost like stop, drop and roll. Almost stop, like stop, drop and roll. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes. I uh-huh. love this. Yes. Stop, drop and put your hands on your body. And uh-huh. yes. yeah, Avery, exactly what you were saying in terms of like closing your eyes, stopping, sitting, mm-hmm whatever position you want to get into. And sometimes I even ask like, Ooh, what does my wise mind say about this? Right. Or like following my breath to my wise mind. Sometimes Mm. I think of it, there's this nice analogy where like there's a well and sometimes there's like a trap door at the bottom of the well. So sometimes it feels hard to access our wise mind, but it's just under the trap door. So sometimes if we Mm. just ask like, what does my wise mind say? Or hello, wise mind, like I'm listening. Right. Mm. And we just wait. And and sometimes we get clarity. A lot of times we do. Sometimes we don't and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe like stop, look and listen Uh rather than stop, drop and roll. I like this. I like that. (laughs) Whatever works for you. Whatever works. Yes. Whatever cliche you would like Uh to attach yourselves Uh to. that. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. Thank you all for joining us. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.